You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farah of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have the Lord. Well, this is what the psalmist is saying. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have your word. Where would I turn? I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how I could go on living if I didn't have you and your word. You know what's interesting about this section? Not one time does the psalmist ask for anything. Why? Because he's just grateful for everything. So often our conversations with God are almost entirely petition and very little praise. As Pastor J.D. points out in today's message, throughout Psalm 119, very little is requested of God. It is primarily a song of praise. You should make a point to do that in your own prayer life. Set aside time to simply praise God and thank Him for all He's done. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I have a personal relationship with the author. I know very well the author who wrote that book. And so I'm reading their book, and I'm thinking to myself, oh yeah, I, I remember that, or I could see that, or yeah, I, 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 I see that. And so you're, you're reading the book of the author who wrote it, and you know the author who wrote the book. Well, how much more so is that true with the Word of God? When you have a personal relationship with the God of the Word, and then you read the Word of God, you know personally and intimately the author. And here's the thing, and this is one of the things early in my Christian walk that I heard someone say it, and it always stuck with me. When you're reading God's Word, there are things in the Word of God, because it's alive, that only God knows about you. Only God could know that about me. And so as I'm reading the Word of God, and I'm digesting the Word of God, as I'm meditating upon the Word of God, what happens is, let me explain it like this maybe more simply. You get into the Word, and then the Word gets into you. You get into the Word, and the Word gets into you. And then you start noticing just how powerful the Word of God can be in your life. So here's a a practical example. So you spend time with the Lord in the morning, early in the morning will I rise up and seek thee, and you're spending time in the Word, and the Word is getting into you, and you're meditating on the Word, and there's that Word fitly spoken, and I mean, Lord, only you know that about me. And here it is in your Word, and this is a specific Word here in your Word. And then you go about your day, and then at two o'clock in the afternoon, something happens. And the Lord will bring to your remembrance by the Holy Spirit that place where you were in His Word. And it's almost like this, the Lord saying, hey, this is that. That is, aren't you glad that you spent time in the Word? Because now here you are in this meeting, and had you not had time in the Word, you would have been ill-prepared for that which was prepared for you today. 
That's how powerful the Word of God is. Now, you know, let me just, I don't want to go too far off on this. <laughs> I always do. I'll try not to. I feel so sorry for pastors who have lost confidence in the power of God's Word. So instead of teaching and preaching the Word, they'll teach about the Word. And because they've lost confidence in the Word, they'll try to kind of make it more relevant, more hip. Like they have to make it interesting. You know, one of the greatest pieces of advice I ever got in the early days when I entered into the ministry was when I had a brother in Christ tell me, um, just be who God has called you to be, okay? Uh, you don't have to get people's attention. You don't have to keep people's attention. The Holy Spirit does that. I mean, I, what a pressure on pastors today to keep everything moving. But I, when I, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll put these guys on mute on one of my TVs in my office. I'll just watch them and they're, if you didn't know they were a pastor, you would think they were an entertainer. I mean, they're just, they're, they're doing weird stuff, okay? And it's kind of like, what, what does it matter with you? Do you think that you have to, you know, keep it moving and, you know, not so it's not boring? And the Word of God's not boring. Are you kidding? You remember, for those of you who were with us when we were uh, in the book of Numbers? I mean, come on, let, let's get excited. Hey, tonight we're going to go through, we're going to start in the book of Numbers. Boring. Are you kidding me? Do you know what's in the book of Numbers? It's one of my favorite books in all of the Bible. What's it about? Oh, Numbers. The Numbers of the Israelites. But oh my goodness, you get into like chapter 6, chapter 22, really all the chapters in between. And it is a profound prophetic picture of the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. And I mean, it, it, it was one of the most fascinating. To this day, I will refer back to the book of Numbers and what we're told happened because of the life application that comes from that book. The book of Numbers. Who knew? God knew. I think about when and again, you know, it has its place. One of the reasons that, well, we teach the Bible expositionally, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Nothing wrong with doing a topical series. I might break every once in a while, I haven't done it in years, <laughs> and do a topical series. But I think about the pressure that must be on these guys. And again, I, I know I'm doing what I said I wouldn't do, and that's go too far off on this. But I think about the pressure on guys to come up with, what are you going to talk about this week? I don't have that problem. It's right here. What am I going to preach on? Oh, the next chapter. What am I going to preach on? Oh, the next verse. Hey, hey, what are you going to do when you finish the book of Colossians? <laughs> I'm going to teach First Thessalonians. 
You know what comes after 1 Thessalonians? I know this is deeply profound. 2 Thessalonians. Can't wait. Okay. Verse 97. Oh, how appropriate is this, right? Talking about losing confidence in the Word of God. Oh, how I love your law. The psalmist is declaring that I love your word, Lord. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all of my teachers. How about that? The how about that's not in the original, but anyway. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients. You want to know why? Because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet, verse 101, from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I love what Jesus said. The Savior himself said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know when he said that? You know, he's quoting Deuteronomy. When he's tempted, after fasting 40 days, 40 nights, very weak, very vulnerable, Satan knows that, that's when he attacks. And he says, if you're the Son of God, why don't you just turn those stones into bread? Hey, I bet you're hungry. By the way, what is it? I'm learning to, I actually have to do this now, because I'll, I'll keep the TVs in my office on the news channel so I can keep abreast of what's happening. But when I'm fasting, it's like every single commercial is a food commercial. No, I kid you not. It's kind of like the devil knows I'm fasting that day. And here's that triple bacon cheese burger. I mean, the cheese is just oozing off the side. I love Mexican food, right? And tacos. Oh my goodness. Every taco commercial known to man is right there. I, I actually tried this one time. I thought, okay, today I'm not fasting. Bring those commercials on. They're all car commercials now. <laughs> I'm like, what's up with that? Anyway, I digress. <laughs> So here the Savior is being tempted, and what does he do? He quotes out of Deuteronomy. That's another fascinating book, the book of Deuteronomy. And he says, no, man shall, it is written, he's quoting the Word of God, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And here the psalmist is saying, your word is sweeter than honey to my mouth. And verse 104, through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. You know what I love about this? This is one of those places in God's Word where you get the sense that the writer, in this case the psalmist, is having considerable difficulty expressing and articulating just how much he loves the Word of God and the God of the Word. You ever had that happen? I just had it happen again this last week, and it was as I was getting ready to fall asleep. And 
I was just, you know, I, I always like to end because, you know, what you allow to, you know, have in your mind before you fall asleep can really have an effect on how you wake up. This is why Paul, when writing to the Ephesians, says, don't let the sun go down in your anger, because you know, you're going to be stewing on that all night, and you give the devil a foothold. So I always like to have a clean slate when I go to bed. This is why my wife and I, <laughs> we learned this the hard way, we have scars to prove it. Early in our marriage, we noticed, we began to notice that our biggest conflicts and arguments were always in the evening when we were really tired. And I mean, we would just go at it, go back and forth. You know, that was, you know, being the godly husband that I am, <laughs> you know. No, we, it, was, it was rough early on. Um, but we just made a decision. We're never going to discuss weighty issues. We're certainly not going to make any important decisions at night when we're tired. We're going to agree to disagree agreeably, and we're going to go to bed, we're going to end on a good note, we're going to wake up in the morning, and when His mercies are new every morning, when we've had time, we've had a good night's sleep, very important sleep is so important. And then here's what happens. We wake up in the morning, and we're like, okay, what were we arguing about last night? <laughs> we completely forgot. It was like a non-issue. So it's really important to uh, make sure that you end the night, you know, with a good note. And, you know, so this one night, this last week, I'm, I'm just, I'm praising God. I'm just, thank you, God, so much. And I was just laying there, just praising Him. This is in my mind, not outwardly. And I just found myself saying, Lord, I, and it's only happened, I, w I wish it were more often, but I, I could really probably only count several times over the last few years where I've had those times where I just, I couldn't, even in my prayer language, I could not adequately express to God just how grateful I was to Him and how thankful I was to Him. I just wanted to praise Him. And so this, on this particular occasion, I, I actually, I know this might sound weird, but I enlisted the heavenly host, the angels of heaven, as a, a, a heavenly choir, I said, can you guys just kind of help me out? And, is that weird? <laughs> okay, whatever. But I just said, help me out to praise God and just express to Him all of my praise and all of my worship. And I, that, that's how I ended up falling asleep. I tell you, I woke up the next morning and, oh, I felt great because that's how I ended the night. But it's like the psalmist is just having a hard time expressing to God just how much he loves him and loves his word. Oh, how I love your word, Lord. Oh, how I love you, Lord. It's like he's saying, I live as if I couldn't live without your word. I don't know what I would do. I mean, you know how we oftentimes will say, man, I just don't know how non-Christians get through things. Man, I just, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have the Lord. Well, this is what the psalmist is saying. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have your word. Where would I turn? I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how I could go on living if I didn't have you and your word. You know what's interesting? 
about this section, not one time does the psalmist ask for anything. Why? Because he's just grateful for everything. I think about Philippians 4, 6 and 7. You want to know how to worry about nothing? Be thankful for anything and pray about everything. And if you do, you'll worry about nothing. He asks God for nothing. He is just so grateful for everything. G. Campbell Morgan says it this way, this is a pure song of praise. It contains no single petition, but is just one glad outpouring of the heart. By the way, you know what we're going to be doing for all eternity? This. We're going to be, in fact, sometimes I'll find myself saying, Lord, listen, I, this is going to have to do for now. This is the best I can do this side of heaven. But I can't wait. When I'm there before the throne, whoo, I, I'm going to have all eternity to thank you and praise you and worship you because you are worthy. Well, I want to close uh, with a story, true story, about the life of Harry Ironside. Because one of the things that the psalmist says in this section, which is really interesting, is he talks about how that he was wiser than his teachers. He was wiser and more knowledgeable than the ancients. Why? Because of the Word of God that he had been taught, which presupposes that one is teachable. And the Lord had taught him and made him wise vis-a-vis His Word. So there's this true story told about the life of Harry Ironside. He was a pastor, author, Bible commentator, with the Lord now, of course. So Ironside went to visit a man near death who was suffering from tuberculosis. And the man was almost dead, could barely speak. And so Ironside spoke to him, and he asked Ironside, Young man, you are trying to preach Christ, are you not? Ironside said that he was, and the man replied, Well, sit down a little and let us talk together about the Word of God. Then the man opened his Bible and spoke with Ironside until his strength was gone. He shared insights from the Bible that Ironside had not appreciated or even seen before. Ironside was stunned. And he asked the man, where did you get these things? Can you tell me where I can find a book that will open them up to me? Did you get them in a seminary or college? The old man replied, my dear young man, I learned these things on my knees, on the mud floor of a little sod cottage in the north of Ireland. There, with my open Bible before me, I used to kneel for hours at a time and ask the Spirit of God to reveal Christ to my soul and to open the Word to my heart. He taught me more on my knees, on that mud floor, than I ever could have learned in all the seminaries or colleges in the world.
The Holy Spirit's our teacher and our guide. We open up the Word of God, we open up our hearts, and we just say, okay, Lord. I remember asking a, uh, he's with the Lord now, great man of God, just a Bible scholar, and and I was just so blessed by this man and his ministry, and I had occasion on a weekend to spend some time with him, had him as a guest speaker when I was on the mainland. And I asked him this question, I said, man, I... You, you just know the Word of God like, I mean, how I would do anything if I could know the Word of God as well as you know the Word of God. And he said to me, he said, well, first of all, J.D., I've been studying God's Word longer than you've been alive, put it into perspective. But then he also said what basically this dear precious man said to Ironside, you know, I just sit with my, I don't go to the commentaries, I just open up the Word of God and I just say, okay, Lord, teach me, speak to me, minister to me through your Word. You you think God's not going to answer that prayer? You think God's not going to hear that prayer and minister to you and bless you with insight that you don't? (laughs) I remember telling a, a younger, as I got older, a younger brother in Christ, Um, I remember telling him, because he said, where did you go to Bible college? And I I don't usually like that question, because not only did I not go to Bible college, I didn't go to college. I barely made it through high school. I mean, I have a very unimpressive resume. In fact, it's like one line. I just, you know, (laughs) it's it's not impressive at all. I mean, I have no, nothing wrong with that. I don't want to come off like that but I have no education, formal education. I have no Bible college experience. I've never been to a Bible college. I've actually taught in Bible colleges, but I've never been to a Bible college. I don't say that for any other reason other than to say that God takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And you know why? Because then only God can get the glory. One of the greatest compliments I can get after a teaching is when somebody comes to me and says something like this, wow, God really ministered to me in that teaching. And I I love that because I know it wasn't me. God allows you to hear a different sermon than the one I preach. Because if you would have heard the one I preached, I, I am so sorry. I feel so sorry for you. Only God could do that so that only God gets the glory. So that when people look at me, they'll say about me, wow, if God can use somebody like that, God can use me. Yes, He can. Yes, He can. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving Creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. 
This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.